thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. And I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She's really with it today, isn't she? (laughs) And I'm Cindy O'Meara. I was ready. You are so funny, you dag. (laughs) You really just stopped. It's like she's going, why is everyone quiet? Yeah, no, I was thinking, go on. No, no, you know what that was? That was a, what's my name again? Where's my mind? Never mind. <laughs> can we just, can we just, we, we all got sent some stickers that actually say, where's my mind? Never mind. Never mind. And it was from, I've got them right here. Shona. Forgive me. Because <laughs> I think she deserves a bit of a plug out, our Shona, doesn't she? Oh, she was uh, amazing. I think so. They, they were so cute and we've stuck them everywhere. <laughs> they're on my phone, they're water on my bottle. computer, they're on the water bottle. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah I, I had them in my office, but we had to leave my office because there were lots of workmen making lots of noise, and we figured you would probably not appreciate the noise that they were making. So we've moved to Karen's place, and now she's been away all weekend, and she's looking for madly. Here it is. She's found it. Well, it's not just weekend. I've been away for two weeks. Yeah, it? you have, haven't you? Shona Creative, digital and print media. She's a graphic designer, and oh my goodness, you should see these stickers. They are just uber cool. You know, for those moments that Kim has. I think, personally, Kim needs to have one of these stuck on her forehead. <laughs> in fact, for yourself, in fact, you in fact, here, let me do this for you now. <laughs> it's really hard. And by the way, so they are fashioned like our Up For A Chat um, logo. Yeah, our logo. So she's just pulled up for a chat out and put, where's my mind? Never mind. <laughs> I think they're wonderful. They really are. So thank you. Yeah, you know, thanks, what, Shona. What we were doing, what we were going to start today with. <laughs> we're, not, we're not starting, actually. We're not just, yet. Not no. yet. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're all getting one on our forehead. Oh, gosh. Really? Why? Yeah, we have to have one on our forehead because we deserve it. Well, Kim does anyway. Shut your face and get on with it. You tarts. <laughs> Come on. Go. Okay, so what we were just going to start today's podcast with is that uh, I have a, a very, very close friend who's been a friend for a very long time, and uh, her daughter has slowly been putting on weight. And I said to her recently, I said, you have to do something about this. Your daughter is addicted to food. She loves food. She just loves it. And, you know, what's interesting is that I think she knew this, but she just didn't know how to tackle it. So I, I said to her, I think the best thing that we can do is to take her away from you <laughs> and send her somewhere where um, she can't get to food. Now, how, it, it's how, like a drug addict. It's like a drug addict. She? She's 20. So it's like a drug addict. She has to move away from... You have to move away from the cocaine, the drugs, and everything. So it's a little bit like this. And so I told them about a place, and they've they've um, gone out to this place this weekend. And they will, and and she's agreed that she will go out there to to help herself. So does she know she has a problem? No, she doesn't know she has a problem. She doesn't know she has a problem. In actual fact, she blames everybody else for what's happening in her life she blames her parents relationship she blames her mother she blames everything else but she takes no responsibility and so yesterday I rang Karen 
and I said to Karen, I really think you need to talk to this young lady because she's just... Like she, she and my daughter played together as young kids and I haven't seen her um, for a couple of years. So um, knowing, you know, knowing my girlfriend as I know, knew, know her, I knew she'd want to check you out, Karen. Oh, right, okay. I knew she'd want to do that. So I told her all about you. I first of all spoke to you, then I told her all about you. And she started listening to our podcast last night. I said for her to start with food addiction and the whole emotion around food and things like that. I said her to start there. So I get a text from her this morning, and she said to me, stayed up all night listening to the incredible information that I've just received. Oh, wow. I just got a text from her, and... um, so she's probably going to listen to every podcast, including this one. And I don't think we realise, um, and I don't know if our listeners realise, that perhaps it's a good idea. I never thought to tell this girlfriend of mine, never thought to tell her to listen to this. I don't know why I never thought, but because I've known this has been going on for quite a while. Mm. And because she wanted to check you out, I told her to go to up for a chat, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I... I don't, I, I, I don't think people realise. So realise what, that the podcasts are a source of education and information as well as entertainment? I think the entertainment part, yes, I definitely. Well, it kept her awake all night. I am funny, You are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> <No>, seriously. <laughs> because the podcasts are a source of education, yeah. I guess, too. Yeah. You know, I think about... Um, my friends and family that have listened to the podcast that have been blown away and so surprised as to the different angles that we take and the different viewpoints that we share Mm. that if they weren't listening to us probably would only have their own perspective on things and it's always quite limited just having one perspective on things isn't it well I think it's also quite lovely that um it's so far away from me can you hear me yes um (laughs) we didn't want you to talk to that (laughs) We figured you were space cadetting, so we pulled it towards us. <laughs> one moment, one moment of lapse, and you get it for the whole podcast. True that. Um, I was taking a workshop on Saturday, and I just, at the beginning, I said, look, does anybody ever listen to Up for a Chat? And over half the room put their hands up. Oh, wow. And, and then they all started talking amongst themselves, and I said, what do you get out of it? And they all said that it was quite, it was so touching. They were like, I just feel like you're our girlfriends. You're, it's like having a chat. And, and I said, oh, we have such fun. And they said, you can tell, like it's not staged. And I thought, oh my gosh, imagine having to stage this. Um, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. <laughs> but, Especially the way we look right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> stickers on our heads. It's like we're playing Who Am I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but they said not only that, I think you're right, both of you, that the, the take that each of us have, the um, the experiences each of us share, I just think it's... I never realised how powerful it is, but I think I've come to appreciate that what I learn personally from you two is mind-blowing. So, of course, they're going to mm. feel that with other people, but I really, really do believe the greatest way that we can share this information that we all learn is by sharing these podcasts. So, to all of you listening, it's... It's phenomenal, and, and we can't thank you enough for helping us to go so high in the rankings with our with our following, but more importantly, the people that are actually making changes in their lives. Mm, I think that's really, I think that's the part that astounds me, is the number of people whose lives get changed. We were just at a, Cindy and I were just at a conference down in Melbourne on the weekend, and it was the cutest thing 
honestly, I just, I felt, I didn't even know what to do with myself. <laughs> These three young girls, beautiful, beautiful girls, the three of them came up and they said, oh, hi, you know, I just wanted to say hello. I feel like I know you really well. And I just wanted to say hello because, you know, I listen to the podcasts all the time and, you know, I think you're really awesome and I just wanted to say hello. And I was so humbled. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. You know when you don't know what to do with your hands? Like, I was all very, I was, oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, really? That's really awesome. <laughs> That's great. And I said, oh, have you, have you met Cindy yet? And they said, no, 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 but we know she's here. So I said, well, she's going to be here in like 10 minutes. Make sure you come over to say hello to her. And they were like three little kids that were a bit starstruck not that they were little kids they weren't they were you know young women um but it for me that was just such a humbling experience i I was floored that it really i put a post on facebook today of my beautiful beach because the the theme of the day for photographing was um, where i relax and i took a photo of the beach and i went this is where i relax and some up for a chat a podcaster who follows me wrote underneath because Ellie Postles, I'd gone for a walk with her on the beach and I actually got lost. I forgot which number was my... I've lived here for five years, but I forgot which number I turned it, so I got lost. So our 8K walk became an 11.5K walk. Oh, Kimmy. It was hilarious. <laughs> and she oh. thinks I'm the only person that can get lost on a one-strand thing, one-length yeah. beach. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> the beach does not weave and turn and wind. I mean, it's, it's straight. straight. <laughs> anyway, I posted it as the place I like to relax and an up for a chatter road underneath. Where's my mind? Never mind. <laughs> I thought you tart. <laughs> but I love the fact that you all get our humour and who we are. And, you know, when, when someone does get starstruck, and we all get starstruck, you know, like I'm, I, um, I interviewed Natasha Campbell McBride last night. Oh, she hasn't stopped blushing since. Oh, my gosh. And Bruce Lipton the week before and Jessica Ainscoff oh. the week before. So I'm just, I'm just, I interviewed these people and I'm starstruck with those people. But what I have to realise, you know, like I don't look at Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie like to me, oh, yeah, whatever. But these are my rock stars. These are my movie stars. These are what I really love. And what, what I begin to realise is people see um, us as maybe their mentors, that we're just people who love what we do, that we are just out there studying and researching and learning and then we we spread it but we're exactly like those they are and that if they ever feel that way that they can't say hello to us because I had one lady come up to me and she said I was right next to you at the airport and I just so much wanted to tell you oh yeah about you know about up for a chat and about what you do I really wanted to talk to you but I was really scared to and I went why would you be scared like I'm just we're just, and I want to. If want she to hadn't it. eaten, I would be scared too. Ah, uh, yes, mm. yes. It's all mm. about when Cindy eats. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if she hasn't eaten, she is feral. <laughs> That's scary. So the woman probably picked up on that. She, she probably, probably did. Picked up on a feral <laughs> pheromone. She probably saw and her face at looking at all the disgusting food at the airport and thought, "Oh, I better not talk now." <laughs> Anyway, shall I read? This is this is a typical <laughs> message that we have been getting lately, and it really does mean a lot to us to hear this. But she talks a lot about how she found out about Up for a Chat, 
Anyway, enough about Lawrence and I, because she's having treatment with Lawrence. And the more about you. Well, then I discovered you lot. <sighs> Hello, Christmas. Shut the front door and open the back door. The rest is history. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know that I'm very thankful for the work you do and the love you give out. I find myself listening to your podcasts over and over, and I love every damn one. I walk around the park beside my house picking up rubbish, literally laughing out loud to you hilarious ladies. It's me. That, she's referring to me. Especially you, Karen. <laughs> Kidding, I don't have a favourite. You are all the bee's knees. The only downfall is I have all your podcasts downloaded onto my phone and I just want to listen to them all at once. It's quite overwhelming, really. I can't wait to indulge in your beautiful book, Karen Smith, your aromatic oils, Kim Morrison, and your scrumptious supplements, Cindy O'Meara, and everything else that you all have to offer. So thank you for being you. Oh, how beautiful. Mm. That is beautiful. What a wonderful mm. message. Mm. So she said I was funny. I just want to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so thank you <laughs> for sharing your information. <laughs> we we do want to thank you um, all, and we and spread you know spread the podcast. Yeah. it's free. Mm. You know, this is. I think we've done sixty. What have we done? Sixty-five. So sixty-five hours plus. Actually, because we always go over time. We are. We do apologise <laughs> for that. Especially lately. Yeah, we have been. We're going like ten minutes. Yeah. So there's probably eighty hours of information there, and. Like, I'm trying to think, when are we going to repeat ourselves? And if we do repeat ourselves, it's Karen's fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you need to hear things seven times in order to get it. So we can let ourselves off the hook for seven okay, times. Okay, well, if you haven't more than heard it more than seven times, then we're doing well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. good. Okay, well, what can we repeat? Well, actually, we're... How funny you are. Actually, I think you've repeated I that. I think we've repeated that one Okay, enough. let me just do it one more time in case. <laughs> Uh, really I'm hilarious. I'm hilarious. I'm hilarious. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about yeah, today? Yeah, I think today's a, a, a really big topic and it's about the thyroid because I don't, I don't know if anybody else has noticed it, but everyone has a thyroid condition. Mm. Everybody has a problem with the thyroid and I, I, I just think that we thought we would touch on it on all aspects of life like not only what you're eating um, but also what you're thinking how it affects um, cell biology and the thyroid is part of that cell biology as well as um, the chemicals you're putting on your skin and how they're affecting it Kim's been doing a lot of research on that I've been doing a lot of research on the thyroid and um, and I'll explain why that's all come up so we thought we would we'd, we'd talk on that mm. so Kimmy you know, you were so excited when you walked in the door today mm. regarding um, what you've been discovering about what they're putting in perfumes and cosmetics mm. and personal care products that is actually affecting our thyroid glands. So, Look, I was just fascinated because last weekend you and I spent the whole weekend together working and you were doing a lot of research on the thyroid at that point and it just made me... I, I, I look at... I look at what's going on in the world and I think we know that we can put on weight through what we eat. We know we can put on weight with not exercising and what we eat. And I started looking at it and thinking, you know, there's so much, there are so many chemicals out there that are affecting our metabolic um, processes in the body that I thought, surely there's got to be some greater connections here. And of course... You know, the research I've been doing lately is that a number of these chemicals are actually being now f formally classified as obesogens. Mm. These and and they're in just just repeat that word because I think it's really important that everybody realizes that they're now a category of chemicals that are called obesogens, which basically means they cause obesity. Yeah. 
So we all know in a number of the pharmaceutical drugs that we take, you see the side effects are weight gain, possible side effects of weight gain. So then you've got to ask yourself, well, what's in those drugs or chemicals or things that we're putting into and onto our body that make the body gain weight? Now, I'm not an expert in this, but my understanding is whether it's metabolically, hormonally, or growth, we can affect the way our, our body cells develop. And basically, we're making the cells fat. So one of the interesting things for me was around parabens. Now, parabens, for those of you that know, are in pretty much 80 to 90% of all skin uh, skin products, skincare products, or personal care products. And then someone said to me, oh, Kim, how can you get fat from using shampoo? <laughs> but if you think That's about a good question. it, it is. If you think about it, those parabens are inside those shampoos. Those parabens enter the bloodstream, and they have a metabolic effect. Now, this is another interesting thing I thought. We know that the body can be affected by very low doses. In fact, science is now saying that low doses, the accumulation effect, is having more disruption in the body than, say, one large dose. Now, the way medicine prescribes um, pharmaceuticals is by dose. But they're not looking at or talking about the accumulation effect of those medicines. So if you imagine putting on, if you were just going to use one shampoo or one moisturizing agent all day, every day, and that's what you were going to use all your life, then you'd probably be okay, maybe. But we know that women alone expose themselves to over 200, 300 chemicals a day just in their personal care products. So things like shampoos, conditioners, hairsprays, deodorants, body lotions, perfume, the whole makeup, works, makeup. mascaras, you know, everything. <clears throat> it's in everything. Not to mention the metals that we wear in our ears. Well, that's another su- subject in itself. Yeah. But if, we, if we're talking mm. just about the and in our mouth... I know, and I, know, I know, I was actually reading something the other day, and I don't mean to, to cut you off here because I want to just quickly mention this, but I was reading something the other day about how um, when, you know, when we're using our knives and forks, there are metal ions that are being ingested through using metal knives and forks. And they were suggesting that ceramics was the way to go. Well, so having been grown, grown my, um, my kombucha lately and being told you can't use anything metal in there, I'm thinking, well, if metal has an effect on a growing organism like a SCOBY, which is a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, just saying. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Can you spell that? Mm-hmm. S-C-O-B-Y. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, you know, you get so excited when you learn new things, but you just saying that made me think, I cannot touch my SCOBY. Yeah. Well, this, that's another whole podcast in mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So, so back to the parabens. <clears throat> Now, you don't have to know that there's a whole, little, a whole lot of different parabens, like polyparaben, methylparaben, ethylparaben. Just know, if you see the word paraben, it is classified as an obesogen and an endocrine disruptor. In other words, it affects the way our hormones are behaving in the body, which then makes me realise that the thyroid is one of the master glands of the body. Surely, then, these parabens are having an effect physiologically, biologically, and metabolically. So I'm kind of sitting there going, okay... If 90% of cosmetics have parabens in there, we're putting on over 300 chemicals a day. For goodness sake, there's another leg to this whole obesity issue. In fact, we decided there's four. So there's nutritional, physical, chemical, and spiritual, uh, or mindset. And we believe that that is totally around this whole obesity issue. The other one was phthalates, which is actually spelled... um, 
P-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Yeah, it's a really weird... P-H-T-H-L-A-T-E-S, but it's pronounced phthalates. Now, that's a substance that's occurring in so many things. It's a substance that's used to soften plastic. So if you've got a a rubber duck that you've given your kid and it's got a strong plastic smell, it's going to have phthalates in it. Anything that has a strong plastic smell has got phthalates. Plastic drinking bottles have phthalates in them. Gel caps around medicines and vitamins and minerals have phthalates in them. All of them. But where you Mm. might not realise there's phthalates present, and it will not say it on a label, is in the word fragrance and the word perfume. So anything you use on the body that has the word fragrance or perfume in there, you know you are now also exposing yourself to these highly toxic endocrine-disrupting obesogens called phthalates. It freaked me out. I just found out that Glade, (laughs) Glade have put out on the market a concentrated fragrance that you can add to your paint that you paint on your walls so that your walls smell. And so if you're putting in these walls, you know, these air fresheners and sprays and and now paint that smells, anything that has a smell, um, a chemical smell or or the word fragrance or the word perfume is definitely got loaded with phthalates. And phthalates, the effect that they're having on the body, again, is that hormone-disrupting ability for the body to store fat. It affects the fat cells in that they either start off fat so even if we're having, we're, we're creating a baby and we're exposing ourselves to perfumes and things like that, those stem cells are changing the way that a fat cell grows or multiplies. Wow. I'm just blown away by yeah, it. Yeah. Not only that, it's changing the structure of some of our cells. So yeah, you might use a perfume once or a couple of times or spray on a deodorant. You're probably going to be okay. But how many times a day are you putting this on your body? How many times a day are you putting your kids in a bath with fragrance shampoos or bubble baths? And I just got really passionate because this is why I am so into having chemical-free skincare and personal care products. Well, you know what? I don't think I've used perfume since the day I met you, which has been a bloody long time ago. Mm. Um, I always use your oils uh, for everything, for around the house. You know, I've always got my burner going around the house um it goes on in all my moisturizers that you give me you know how we do the body boost I and i just think we need to start uh getting rid of these stuff this stuff out of our bathrooms out of our kitchens out of our laundries and start using it like kim bought me the other day a huge thing of eucalyptus oil mm. and a huge um jar of tea tree oil so that i would use that around my house um, my husband likes bleach I like bleach too, but yeah. I know it's not the best thing. Yeah, for me. he likes bleach, whereas I'll just use vinegar and bicarb soda and and things like that around the house. I mean, I like the smell of bleach. That's I was I was admitting to that. That was oh, an AA you, moment. You like the yeah. smell of bleach? Yeah. No. Hello, I'm Kim Morrison. Yeah, and I'm addicted to the smell of bleach. bleach. I don't use it, <laughs> but I still love the I smell. I think it must be a childhood thing. Yeah, I can't stand the smell of bleach. I get it just it just pushes me back. But you know that's. I, I think that that's really a, um, an important thing that we have to do to get rid of... And they're called chemical calories. I actually have a whole chapter in my book, Changing Habits, Changing Lives, on chemical calories mm. and talking about how these chemicals are affecting our health, number one. But number two, I'd never heard of the obesogens. 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 And they now know that they cause this. Mm. It was was coined in 2006 by a professor over in the States. Mm. But the other thing to know is that... This also blows me away a little bit. So I'm, 
don't know if this is a down the rabbit hole moment, but just know that when, for instance, you take a contraceptive pill, how tiny is mm. that pill, right? Mm. And yet it stops you having babies, right? So they say that it's been proven that a teaspoon of a chemical put into an Olympic-sized pool has an effect. One teaspoon of liquid in an Olympic-sized pool will totally change the structure of that pool. In other words, if you looked at our bodies like an Olympic pool, putting in one chemical, one drug like that, is known to have an effect and can alter the way our body reacts, particularly with things like phthalates and parabens that act like synthetic estrogen. So I'm just, I'm wanting, and I'm really excited about what you're going to share about the thyroid because I think the two will actually, in fact, go hand in hand Um, because what you were discovering on the weekend made me go into a whole new discovery process of what the this yeah i think that's maybe that's the beauty of these podcasts the more you learn the more you don't know but the more you want to know um and i really thank you for that because i know i've been on this path for a reason but i've never really totally got and i keep thinking what is it what are these chemicals doing i do know about the accumulation effect i do know that they've found parabens and phthalates and things like that in cadavers when they've opened them up in the liver and kidneys the body doesn't know what to do with it and you know where else it's found it's it's found in the cord blood of um a pregnant woman um you know, so that means the baby. They've found 200 chemicals within within the cord blood that were not there 40, 50 years ago. And there is actually an outcry at the moment, and I can't remember, it was just um, a week ago I read about it. There's an outcry from a scientist saying, this has to stop. We have to stop putting chemicals in the environment. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not waiting for the government and everybody else to make up their mind that they are going to stop this. So I just make sure my home's clean, as clean as I can possibly get it, from my mattresses to the type of paint that I use on my walls. So when we painted our house, we used rock coat. So um, this is another friend of ours who's... And we should get Chris on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a really good friend of ours who uh, has such a passion for... Her and her husband have such a passion for making sure homes don't smell of paint, uh, do not have the characteristics of paint, and can they have they make a paint that they say you can eat. So Rock Coat is an Australian company that we absolutely um, support and love, and so I did my whole house in that. But you know what? When you have to get carpet. You cannot find natural carpet. But when we bought our new mattress quite a few years ago, I went, there was only two natural places in Australia that I could get a natural cotton mattress. So these are the things that I think about as an individual. Well, also, just to interrupt you there, these are controllable things. They're controllable. And and the other thing that I've noticed is that, well, well, I was listening to this report um, out of America just recently that we cannot escape in this planet chemicals we just can't it's the way unfortunately that they've found chemicals in polar bears blood in the antarctic yeah. so so sadly there's a number of environmental factors that we truly cannot control this that's the world we're living in sadly however what you're talking about is the controllables mm. so things that we have in our home you know i have women email me constantly kim are your oils safe in pregnancy and i just sit there <gasps> sometimes and i go oh my gosh i mean a, a justifiable question you know but well because the doctors tell them that they mustn't and from the tga we have to write on you know but they're to allowed say. to take antidepressants and and, and put perfume on their skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be more concerned about, oh, you gosh, know, putting yeah. on, spraying Chanel Number no. 5 on my neck and my stomach and Ooh, my body. Oh, she said that word. Chanel Number no. 5. Or any perfume. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Chanel. Don't worry. We have no advertising sponsors, so we're fine. Okay, <laughs> 
<laughs> and did I mention Glade before? Oh, did I mention? <laughs> oh, it you again? did. Oh, yeah, that's right. But okay. go for it. Just Kim. again. Just, yeah, yeah. Just in case. Can we Shell number five. Jay. Can we throw L'Oreal in okay. there? Too? Totally yeah. throw the L'Oreal. I was going to throw that on the. I was going to throw up. But I'm I'm conscious of these are the environment. These are the things that we can control. Yeah. And we can also control what we're putting into our mouth as well. Although what's scary is sometimes we don't know what we're putting into our mouth. What we think was okay, we find 15, 20 years later that perhaps it's not okay. But as long as this is the way I look at it. If we look after ourselves and we do the best that we can, then we do have a body that's resilient and we have a body that can cope with everything. And, and what I, I learnt, you know, like I was um, interviewing Natasha uh, Campbell McBride last night and she basically said that despite everything that's thrown at you, if you have a body that's working right, it will cope with all these. We've had to cope with heavy metals all our lives. We have a bacteria in our gut that grabs the heavy metal to not allow it to go into the, the body and it will hold onto that heavy metal and sacrifice its life for... The, the rest of the community, which is our cells, the bacteria cells. So it will hold onto it and it will be disposed of through the fecal matter. And then if the heavy metal is passed through the blood, the body has a mechanism for that as well. It, look, it, it can do it. But what we've done is that we, we start to um, eat bad foods, we don't exercise, we're around toxins all our lives, we're not considering it. And that's when the body just goes... I can't do anymore. You know, it has levels at which it does it. So, you know, first of all, if a poison comes into the body, it purges it by vomiting or diarrhea. But then if your your system isn't working well where it doesn't recognize it as a poison, the body allows it in and then the immune system starts to work on it and it starts to push it into connective tissues and, um, and joints. And that's when people start to get pain. And then it keeps shoving it into fat and all sorts of things until it can't do it anymore and then it goes into every cell in the body and then the cells in the body start to break down so there are levels to which it tries to deal with these chemicals let's not have to deal with it when it gets into the cells because that's when the cells shut down that's when your mitochondria shuts down that's when you get tired you've got no more energy and your body is sick and you're sick and they don't know what's wrong with you and they call it chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia that's the new dumping ground for we don't know what's wrong with you it's it's idiopathic we have no idea we'll dump it into there and I, I actually think it, the more we work on ourselves and our body and cleaning, cleaning out our environment, the better we'll be. And what happened to me and why Kim and I spent the weekend together while you were rollicking, Karen, around New Zealand, Perth, yeah, around Sydney, somewhere. Melbourne, Adelaide. Adelaide. While you were playing, we were working. We worked really hard well, this weekend. Well, there's a surprise. It was a, it, there's there's a, a, that's a complete <laughs> change. Isn't that an absolute turnaround? Oh, you tart. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Carry on. Oh, I just ripped the sticker off my forehead because these girls are taking this off. That hurts. <laughs> that was a wax on the forehead. I know. It's pretty sticky, oh. that one. Anyway, what was happening was that... <laughs> we're going... Let's just go back to, to the point. What was happening is that um, I have a, a, a group, a, a club called the Healthy Living Club with Changing Habits, and... I think there's 6,000 people in that club at the moment. So it's a private closed group. And it's where people go when they've bought a program of mine and they have a coach to help them through things. So some of these girls have been in there 18 months, nearly two years. And some of them have been doing um, the four-phase fat elimination protocol quite a few times. And instead of getting better, they're actually getting worse. 
And by getting worse, they're having things like um, cysts on their breasts, cysts on their ovaries, uh, gaining weight. They feel like they're, they're tired. Their metabolism is going down. All sorts of things are happening. And, and if, if you do the protocol and you do it the way it should be done, then these issues shouldn't be happening. And I know these girls and I know they're dedicated and I know they're amazing with what they're doing. So they formed a focus group for me. And with this focus group, we, we um, did a conference call and I listened to all of them and I said, I don't have the answers, but I'll go researching and I'll find the answers for you. To some of them, I knew the answers I, and you could hear them go, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh. Mm-hmm. You could hear it, but some I couldn't quite figure out. So I thought, right. I need to start researching this. And I rang um, the, the homeopath that makes my homeopathics because they believed it was the HCG homeopathics that was causing the problem. So I rang him and I said, look, this is what's happening. And he just said this too much to me. He says, by the sounds of their symptoms, you need to research iodine. And I went, really? He goes, yes, you need to research it. I'm not going to give it to you. You go out and have a look at it. Oh, well, that was... That was, what, two weeks ago, and I haven't stopped reading about iodine. And one of the things about iodine is that the thyroid must have it. And the thyroid needs it to make T3 and T4. And T3 uh, and T4 are required by every cell in the body. It raises the metabolism of the body. So what was happening is when these girls were doing the protocol, most of these girls were doing the protocol, what would happen is that their body would go into a cleansing state. So it would clean out all the toxins. So it would start with the cells and then it would make its way through the connective tissue and then into the fat cells because that's what happens is the fat cells um, then are disposed of. Then from the fat cells it starts to go into... Um, the, the gut and places like that. So it, it starts to clean out. As you allow it that time to clean out, it starts to clean out. Once it starts to clean out, it starts to renew and regenerate. And in order to renew and regenerate, it's got to have nutrition. And one of the things it needs is iodine from the thyroid gland that will give it that metabolic rise to start renewing and regenerating. Now, what I didn't know was that these girls were probably very, very deficient in iodine before they even started the protocol. Mm. And so what happened is that iodine is stored in breast. It's, it's basically stored in all the endocrine organs, so breast, testes, ovaries, um, thyroid, places like that. That's where it starts to, um, to put the iodine. And so what happens is when the, the uh, thyroid has a demand of iodine, it leaches it from all these places. And when iodine, and they say about five milligrams of iodine is stored in our, in our um, breasts. And if that isn't in there, is that five milligrams? Now, now it's five grams. Grams. Is that a lot? Yes. Anyway, I'm just kind of... Uh, yeah, I always get my milligrams my, uh, a little bit confused there. So I do apologise. I will get that straight for you when I look it up. Um, but what they're basically saying is that it's taken out and the body uses it. And I think it's grams, actually, because the RDA for iodine is around 200 to 400 micrograms. The body can use up to 13 milligrams a day. So if the body stores 1,500 milligrams 
it has to store 1500 milligrams, then the need for it is great. Our, our need for it is great. And so when you're doing the protocol and you're doing all this cleaning out and this renewing, the iodine is required from all the stored places that takes it to the, to the thyroid, then you've got none in your stored places. And what they're finding when you have no iodine in your breast, you get breast cysts that then lead to um, lumpy breasts that then may lead to cancer. If you have no iodine in your ovaries, they lead to cysts that then lead to the cancers. And this is what I started to discover and started to find. So what the protocol was doing was increasing the metabolism of these women, taking iodine where it needed it, but these girls didn't have the iodine they should have had that they would have had back in the 70s when this whole protocol was, was first done. And so he would not have seen these results. So what I did was I just went on a search about iodine and iodine protocols. And if everybody's interested, I'd love to tell you the history of iodine. Yeah, do it, do it. It sounds amazing. Oh, look, it is. Iodine um, has been seen to be a medicinal... Um, antibiotic, almost. Well, antiseptic? Well, it is an antiseptic. It's mm. definitely an antiseptic. Mm. But betadine mouthwash and the skin... Mm. Well, that's how we believe it to be now. But BC, like long before Christ, long and thousands of years ago, they found seaweed, which is very high in iodine, mm -hmm. in inland areas. And there was information that they used this seaweed um, for healing, uh, for a lot of healing, which they didn't know it had iodine in it, but they knew the seaweed healed. Um, if you look around the world at the moment, People collect seaweed and use it um, mm. all the time to consume it. So this was being used for thousands and thousands of years. And even Leonardo da Vinci, I think it was, had syphilis. And he used iodine or seaweed in order to, to um, heal his syphilis. I can see it now. Yeah, yeah. Everyone lying on the bed with a big wad of seaweed between exactly. their legs. <laughs> nice, nice. Exactly. Puts a whole new meaning on a sushi roll, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, from a serious topic to I <laughs> anyway what sorry. we're talking about sorry, sorry. but it it went through the ages and and iodine was used in medicine as the cure-all it was used for everything from breast cysts to ovarian cysts to um, syphilis to gonorrhea every infection iodine was used and then in 1948 there was um, uh, a research project done and the research project was done by Wolf and Chekhov and they basically said that when they gave so much iodine to a rat it caused thyroid problems such as goiter. So is that what they give the rats in order to give them thyroid issues in order to find drugs? I have no idea if that was the case but I do know that they were testing iodine on rats and, it, and they, when they gave them so much it actually caused uh, a goiter. goiter. So what's, what's a goiter? A goiter is um, a, the thyroid. Um, oh, those big, the, the big enlarged. goiters on there on the neck. Oh, like big. Yeah. And, and by the way, seaweed was used for goiter. They they would help it, and they noticed that people who had goiter were usually the ones that were not near the ocean. So people near the ocean were collecting seaweed. They were um, had the salt. They had the fish. They had the crustaceans. They were eating these foods that gave them the iodine. People inland, especially when their the land was lacking in iodine, what would happen is that um, their food would then be lacking in iodine. They didn't get the fish that had iodine because there was fresh water rather than otherwise, and they noticed that inland people. Were lacking in it, and so then that's when the seaweed started to be drawn in inland. In actual fact, in China, there is a place in China that is so iodine deficient 
that the rate of um, cretinism, which means iodine deficiency, this is when a child is born with a very low IQ, the rate of um, miscarriages, the rate of uh, stillbirths, the rate of everything. The rate of their sexual development. Everything. Everything is stunted. And this community has been known to be like it for 500 years. (gasps) Wow. Until one day, scientists, I think it was like 1989, you know, like this is crazy, 1989, it had been known for for hundreds of years that it was a, a problem in this community until some researchers came and they noticed there was no iodine in the soil, there was no iodine in any of their food. So what they decided to do is they decided to drip iodine into their water supply, which then went onto their fields, that then allowed the iodine to be in the soil, that then the soil grew the plant and then they were able to eat iodine. And within 12 months, cretinism decreased. Um, stillborns decreased by 50%. Um, birth rate increased by 50%. It was just amazing. That was in 12 months. Mm. So in 1948, when um, Wolf and Chekhov basically said iodine is a poison, it causes these issues with the thyroid, then the medical world actually put a monitorium on ever giving iodine again to a human being as wow. a medicinal. Yeah, this was the whole iodine thing. So instead we used antibiotics instead of iodine. Instead we used um, other drugs instead of iodine. So, so, so is it because when they did give the rats... A certain amount of iodine it caused it caused the goiter, so you can understand that they drew that conclusion. Yes, but then the reality with humans was very different. They never they never ever have ever been able to um, do this on humans. So they can't replicate the same result. They can't replicate it on humans. On a human, no, they can't replicate it. And and as I'm reading, I'm reading like our. Our RDA, and I heard um, Dr. Brownstein, who's the expert on this, I heard him call it rats, delusion or deception, and uh, something else. I can't remember what the A was, but that's what he calls RDA. And he says the RDA of, of, um, of iodine is, is between 200 and 400 micrograms, and there are people taking 50 to 100 milligrams of iodine and having unbelievable results with cysts on their breasts disappearing, cysts on their ovaries disappearing, um, even hot flashes disappearing. It's just, um, it's incredible. Now, the protocol is very, very important for iodine. You just don't go there and do that. There is salt that you have to eat. So, you know, my beautiful seaweed salt, you, you must have three weeks of salting up before you even start on the iodine. If there's nothing wrong with you, then the dose is, uh, you know, you can do 1.2 milligrams up to 10 milligrams. They say up to around 12.5 milligrams is fine. Um, and we do this with iodine droppers, but not your betadines and things like that. Please don't go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has to be a good iodine. And changing habits will be bringing out a liquid iodine. Nice. After I've done all my research and done everything, I said, I, this, I'm being... It's a necessity. It's a necessity. It is such a necessity because we're iodine deficient. The only reason they came up with 200, 400 micrograms of iodine a day is what we needed um, was basically because it's prevented goiter in the Mm. human. At that level. At that level. So all it does is prevent goiter. It doesn't look at you thriving as a human being and how much iodine you actually do need. Japanese women consume on average 13.8 milligrams of iodine every single day through seaweed and, and fish and all the foods that they take. They don't, they don't have to take Is the iodine. Is it only fermented foods as well? Would iodine? It will only be in fermented food if there's iodine in the soil. Iodine cannot be created because it's a mineral. Mm-hmm. Vitamins are created. Mm-hmm. So if you ferment sauerkraut, you'll make 
you'll release the vitamin C mm. from the plant. If you eat cabbage, it doesn't have that vitamin C, but sauerkraut does. Whereas iodine is a mineral, we cannot... It comes from soil. It comes from soil. It comes from rocks. It comes from the ocean. Seaweed. It comes from seaweed. It's, so it's the, there. Can I just ask you a question? You speak all the time about how vitamins and minerals and things do not work in unison. Mm. It's not just... So why would you, who believes this, bring out something like iodine? Yeah, yeah good point. I, I, I think that seaweed is a great source of it, but it, because we are so deficient in this, in this mineral, and you're right, I would never bring out a single mineral or vitamin because I've always been like that. But the fact that the protocol talks about the salting of the body and then we add in the iodine and look we can eat lots and lots of seaweed but we haven't eaten lots as caucasians we have not eaten lots of seaweed all our lives and if you're in a crisis situation such as um cystic breasts um cysts on your ovaries uh, a thyroid condition then you need to do this would anyone with an autoimmune disease Yes. Be likely to be deficient in iodine, and that was another thing that they talked about. Because let's look at the um, the thyroid. The thyroid um, has hyper and hypo, um, and at first there was that was all that was called was hyper and hypo. And when you do testing for the thyroid, you actually test a brain um, indicator, which is called TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. And when the brain releases TSH, it means that you're meant to produce T3 and T4. So they were monitoring the brain hormone rather than monitoring what was happening in the thyroid. And now what we know about the thyroid, and this is another reason why I'm bringing in iodine, is that there are four um, minerals that are very similar. And when we look at the periodic table, which if everybody remembers back to their high school days, we, we learned about the periodic table, chlorine, fluoride, bromide and iodine and there is another um, insignificant mineral that I can't remember the name of that starts with A are all classed in what we call the halogen group and when we eat chloride and fluoride and um, bromide and we do consume these in the way of water supplies as well as we breathe them in and we'll talk about how we do that when we are consuming um, these minerals and we do not have a lot of iodine in our body, they will go to all the receptor sites of where iodine should be, in the breasts, in the ovaries, in the thyroid. And you cannot make T3 and you cannot make T4 from chlorine, fluoride and bromide. So why I've brought the iodine out is a little bit of a competitive um, problem that I think we have. So because bromide, chloride and fluoride is so much in our life at the moment that if you don't have enough iodine, then they become the chemical that competes against iodine and then you cannot do what you need to do as far as making T3 and T4 and, and storing your iodine. You'll just, you know, pee it out basically. What's the difference between the ions and the ions? Because you see chlorine and then you see chlorine. Yeah, look, it's a salt versus... Um, so what happens is... I knew you'd ask me that question and I don't have the exact answer for you, but I know one's a salt. That'd be great. Um, and for the, Ide. Ide is a Ide, salt. I, the Ide. Magnesium chloride is a salt. But just for the... For the um, probably for the purposes of this, and I did read this in the book when I was reading it, it said, don't worry about the Ide and the mm -hmm. iron at the moment. Okay. We will just 
we'll maybe discuss that at a later date. And she said that to me in the book too. We'll discuss it at a later date. But it, for the purpose, hold the line, please, Paul. Yes, hold the line, please, Paul. <laughs> that would be that. It. Yeah. So I haven't quite gotten to that point yet because this is, you know, I'm still researching it. I'm still really looking mm. at at it. And I do know with um, when I look at a, a vitamin and mineral capsule, and it says eight or eight that it's a synthetic version. The eight is the eight or the eight. Um, so potassium iodate is uh, what's put into our salt to iodize our salt. Yeah, so what is that whole yeah, thing around salt? Yeah, I've seen that on those big salt things yeah. that's got iodine. So it's not iodine, it's potassium iodate. And there is controversy about that, but let's just not get into that. Let's really talk about what's happening in the body with this competition mm. and where is fluoride, chloride or chlorine, fluoride and um, bromide or bromine. So what's really interesting is once upon a time iodine was used to clean out dairies. You know, um, you milk a cow, the, the, the milk goes through those machines and goes into piping. The piping then goes into big containers and then it's basically um, heated for pasteurisation. These days they have a different type of pasteurisation where it passes through these metal um, like thin plates and it heats the milk that way rather than in a big vat. But once upon a time, we used to use iodine for the cleaning out, the antiseptic, so that we didn't, if one lot of milk went through and it had Escherichia coli in it, the next lot, that would be cleaned out and that lot wouldn't have it. Mm. So just recently, we had a milk place here in um, Sunshine Coast that had Escherichia coli in their milk and they had to pull all their milk off the market. But... They knew that it was just for the day, this day and this day, that the problem was because they always clean out their vats. Now, how organic milk places do it, I don't know. I have not asked them. So I do know that it used to use iodine, so iodine was in our milk. We had lots of iodine Mm. in our milk. These days, because iodine became a monitorium and a dangerous thing to have and all medicines saw it as dangerous, they changed it to bromide as the cleaner. And so now bromide is within our milk. Um, they spray methyl bromide, bromide on our strawberries. It's uh, like a, a fungicide. They, there's bromide in our carpets, you know, all your fire retardants. It's on kids' on kids' pyjamas. If it says it's got a fire t- retardant, it's on your kids' pyjamas. You swim in a pool. You breathe in chlorine every time you do it. You put the shower on. Chlorine comes out. You breathe it in. Yeah. There's fluoride in our water. We drink it. You know, it's... It's like these three minerals have become the toxic um, minerals that are causing issues because we don't have enough iodine. If we had enough iodine, they wouldn't be an issue. So there's another reason I, I would like to bring this out is to pull that out. And, and you know, they're talking about urine testing um, for iodine and they're saying that sometimes you get a false negative or a false positive. So because all of your receptors are filled with chlorine, fluoride and bromide, when you do take um, a dose of iodine, it just comes straight out through your urine. And then your doctor will say, well, you don't have an iodine deficiency. But what you'll find is after taking iodine for three months, you'll then take that dose of iodine and there'll be a deficiency because all of a sudden you're putting all the stores back into into where they should be. So in answer to your question, Kim, that's why I'm doing it. That's mm, why I'm bringing you. out that single mineral. I just know how passionate you are about, you know. Yeah, I would never really normally do it. Really out something. Never normally do it. This is a really um, left of centre question, and I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if it's, if, if, if it's part of what you've been researching. 
the last um, two or three weeks, I've been listening to lots of podcasts on um, brain function and brain health. And magnesium is necessary for the production of most neurotransmitters. Mm. So I've been doing lots of looking into magnesium purely because I always, like when I'm tired or if I'm sluggish or if I'm not sleeping well, I know if I have magnesium, that sort of sets me up okay. Which is also why I add magnesium spray every day to my daily yeah. body boost. And mm. I started, I've, started being, I've started applying it transdermally as mm. well. So I put it on my, you know, the inside of my elbow, on my wrist, wherever their veins are close to the surface of the skin, backs of my knees, back of my neck and stuff. And I'm, it's amazing. Mm. The transformation for me is amazing. But being that it's the precursor to the neurotransmitters, it's also um, the necessary element that um, generates calcitonin, which is the third hormone Mm -hmm. that the thyroid produces in conjunction with T3 and T4. That is required for vitamin D as well. Oh, my God. Vitamin D. So, and now we have a vitamin D deficiency. You know that. So it's... Yeah. yeah. And I'm finding it curious because I was listening to this podcast and for goodness sake, I'm so bad with names. I can remember a face for 10 years, but give me a name in one ear and out the other. So I don't know who, who it was. It's a blonde thing. Yeah, it is. But actually, I'm not really blonde. It's fake. Yeah, well, that's another thing in itself have you seen the chemicals and hair colors yes yeah. i have actually mm. i did when i got my hair colored the, the last time mm. i got them to show me and i was at an organic mm. hair oh, wow. thingy. yeah mm. i was at an organic hair thingy um thingy uh salon <laughs> organic hair salon <laughs> i like that thingy. yeah we got you i was we at an you. organic hair salon and i had a look at the chemicals in it and most of them i couldn't pronounce mm. Mm. I will bring the label home for you, Kimmy, I will. I will show you what that is. Anywho, anywho, um, this particular fellow was talking about um, the neurotransmitters of dopamine and serotonin and he was talking about when one's high, the other is low and he was actually, uh, the conversation that he was talking about related to Parkinson's, which is completely separate to what we're talking about. In actual fact, no. It's not? Because it's an autoimmune disease. Right. And iodine is part of this oh. whole issue. It's, oh, it's a part of it. So in actual fact, you're right on target. Well, there you go. I didn't even know it. Oh, look at that. So I'm smart too. <laughs> so clever. Not only hilarious, but smart. smart. Stop it. <laughs> Shut, the Shut the front, front door, door and the back, back door. door. No, open the back. Oh, open the back. Mm. Okay. Let me run straight through that place. <laughs> um, which And it struck me as really interesting because I was running through Melbourne as I was listening to this podcast and... As he's talking about dopamine, as he's talking about serotonin, and, he's, and people are ringing in, and they're saying, um, you know, and he was just basically saying, you know, if you take one particular supplement, it's going to decrease the dopamine, which then hires the serotonin, it raises the serotonin, and it happens naturally, but you can't do that because then it throws everything out of balance. And he's talking about the medications for Parkinson's, etc. And as I'm running, I'm thinking to myself, and f- please forgive me if I'm wrong, so, you know, I, I'm, I could be making a complete pe- peanut out of myself. But as I was running, I was thinking to myself, magnesium is the precursor for all of these, for the, for the serotonin, the dopamine, for all the neurotransmitters. Why on earth is he talking about providing supplementation to either increase or decrease dopamine or serotonin? Why is he talking about the supplementation there? Why not go to the source? Mm-hmm. And then, strangely enough, somebody rang up and actually said, what are the effects of magnesium? Because magnesium is required. And this, this professor doctor who's this massive supplier of supplements went quiet and said, we've not done any studies on that. I, I actually know the source. I actually stopped running and I stood there, I hit rewind and I played it again and he said, we've not done any studies on that, sorry. And hung up the phone and went on to the next lot of questions. 
And I thought to myself, now that is, and I'm probably going to sound a little passionate here, but that is so typical of the degree of depth that we dive to find solutions for problems. Mm. Because people will look at the superficial issue and then just go one step beneath the superficial issue and then try and medicate the dopamine or the serotonin or the neurotransmitter mm. without actually looking at what the, the source issue is and then, and then addressing that either with whole foods or whatever. But there's no, there's no attention to that. So I just, I, I just thought that was remarkably curious. So what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, it's really interesting that you should put magnesium in there because when you do this protocol, which I'm going to learn my best to do, I may have to go to a conference about it, and, um, but I'm going to do my best to learn the protocol. But the protocol was salting up, getting as much salt in as you, you can possibly Good get salt. into. Good salt. It cannot be that white salt. Mm. It has to be my beautiful seaweed salt would be the perfect salt for it. So it's, it's about salting up. Now, I've always said an eighth of a teaspoon of salt to 500 ml of water they're saying like a half a teaspoon they want you taking half teaspoons of salt before you start this whole protocol they also said in order for the iodine to be used not only do you need all the minerals but you also need vitamin c which is my camu camu and i find it interesting that I have just everything in my little house. I've been been down it. So the vitamin C, which is the camu camu, the iodine, which is in the salt, which is in the seaweed, but will also be in the the iodine capsule, the salt, my beautiful seaweed salt, and the other one was magnesium, which which is in your oils. And and it's what I tell people to do on the protocol. On the protocol. They have to put the magnesium on every day. And I I never realised the significance of that until you've just said that. Like, I've always known how potent it is as far as cell communication and all that sort of thing, Mm. but I never realised the depths or Mm, the. That had been. So the magnesium is in your oil, and the other one was selenium. Oh, yeah. So selenium was the other one, and selenium is deficient. Most, most countries, Western uh, countries, are, are deficient selenium in selenium. Deficient. And selenium, again, correct me if I'm sounding like a peanut, um, selenium is one very closely linked, I think alongside of zinc, that is very closely linked to depression. And breast cancer. And breast cancer. And it's all linked. Into the, autoimmune. Yeah, all to the autoimmune disease. And also what um, Natasha Campbell-McBride was saying um, last night is that she said, and we've talked about this before, Karen, because you brought it up, she said... Most of dopamine and serotonin is made in the gut. Mm. Yeah, 80%. Mm. She just said, you, if your gut's not working, your serotonin and your dopamine are not being made. That's not going to your brain. Your brain's starving. No wonder you've got depressed thoughts and or not feeling good. Constant, overweight, which yeah. is what we originally started talking about Ex- at the beginning of this. Exactly. So because you're eating because you've got an addiction, which is the whole story started with my very close girlfriend whose his daughter is, is, is hitting 120 kilos. You know, last week we, we mentioned we were talking about, I think it was last week or it might have been the week before, about the whole Chrissy Swan thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, And one thing that I think we omitted to talk about in there from an obese person's point of view, regardless of whether they're lazy or not lazy, Mm. is this whole side of it. That some of them are really trying hard to to lose the weight and to, to do the right things. But what you're, what I'm getting from you, Cindy, is... If you're having problems, you've got to take it to another whole level again and get mm. quite micro on yep. this and actually start really focusing in on a cellular level. Yeah, look, I think most people, like, most people can do the protocols, do the programs and feel 100%. But there's this group that I was you know, really struggling with and feeling 
I actually felt that they had so much toxicity in them that that was the problem. But now I, I really believe that they're all, they were all iodine deficient. Mm-hmm. Um, their metabolism had dropped, therefore they were putting on weight even though they're eating the right foods, um, you know, the, the breast cysts. And what was really interesting, one of the beautiful girls on there, when I sent this, you know, how I worked on that all day, I sent a report to them. It was like um, 15 pages long, I think. And as I, I sent it to her, she messaged me and she said... It all makes sense. She said, I worked in nuclear medicine. Wow. Which means that she would have been around um, radioactive iodine. Wow. And this is the other thing is that when I rang my supplier who will, who will give me my, selenium, my um, iodine, he said to me, do you know how much I'm sending to Japan at the moment? Yeah. And do you realise with the fallout of uh, Fukushima... Um, we all need to take it because not only of the fluoride, the chlorine and the bromide, but because of Fukushima. And he says it's a, it's a preventative. And we've known the, the use of iodine for thousands and thousands of years. And we have to get away from the medical stigma that it is, has a monitorium on it and it's dangerous. And Brownstein, um, Abrahams and Freshner, I think his name is, are the people, the doctors that in 2006 brought this to light. They're the ones that started this whole thing. And you can read all this stuff or you can wait for me to do my next um, newsletter because I will be doing it on, on iodine or maybe the newsletter after because I still want to research it. I want to understand the protocol. How do we do it? Create a protocol for it mm. so that people who are in this position may need to do this. Mm. Yeah. So, we, we can, and just sorry. before... Yeah. Um, we finished, you know, you, you asked about, well, what's the source of magnesium? Mm-hmm. So I decided, let's look at the source mm-hmm. for iodine. Yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted. Uh, sorry, for selenium. Selenium. And what's interesting is magnesium, selenium and iodine. No. Stop it. Are all there in, in the same foods. Okay, so it's, it's your seafoods, your um, fish, your tuna, Brazil nuts. Oh, I love Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts. And I don't, you don't see Brazil nuts around a lot, but they, mm-hmm. they are big. Um, it's in our sunflower seeds. It's in... Hold your ears for this one. No, let's it's, not it's, say it out loud. Let's yeah. not. It's in lean tenderloin pork. It's in beef and lamb. Grass feed. It's in chicken and turkey. It would, you would have to mm-hmm. make sure you're getting good quality ones. But mushies. I was just about to say, let's mushrooms. skip the little animals and go straight to the mushies. Vegetables have feelings too, you know. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. There's a whole book called um, The Secret Life of Plants. Mm. We were oh my gosh, she's it. going to have to become a breatharian. <laughs> then she's going to find out there's microorganisms in the in in the air, and she's breathing them in all the time. She lives. Do you know? Do you know what Natasha said? Yeah. She said that ninety percent of you is animal, little little microorganisms, not animal, but little microorganisms like parasites and fungi and bacteria and everything. And they're on me. They're so. in you. Now let us not speak of that. <laughs> That makes you feel quite ill. Okay, so we are, girls, we're coming to the close. So I want to ask you, Cindy, mm. how, do, first of all, do all of us need to be taking your salt? Uh, look, definitely salt. We've got to get salt in. Um, Not your white iodized stuff. I no, get upset no, no, when I go to restaurants no, no. and I get their white salt. Well, I that's why we own. carry our salt. So Can what you? we do, for those of you listening, is we get Cindy's salt, which is a 500-gram bag of seaweed salt, and we have a little container that goes with us in all our handbags. And we all know when we go out, <laughs> who, one of us, or usually all of us, pulls out the seaweed salt. And that's what we will always put on. I just sent my son to Japan and he went away with a really high dose, dose, mm. high dose, dose? High, do, high dose, <laughs> dose, seaweed, dose, salt. So- 
say that in a hurry. Yeah. Um, for that reason, yeah. and to sprinkle it on everything. So, so okay. What, so that would be one way. Well, what we're creating is that we've got the salt. So for the time being, let's go to the salt. Do the foods we've just talked about because they have iodine and magnesium in it. They and should, selenium. And selenium. And they should be doing your magnesium oil. I put that on, on the every skin. day. And I've always said to people, look, use magnesium spray. A good quality one um, on areas that are aching and paining. We're always mm. saying you're lacking in salts mm. when you get cramps. Mm. So this is the whole salt, um, the whole salt family. Yeah. Um, so definitely, but I put my magnesium on my body boost every single day, morning and night, whether I've got pains or no pains, because I look at it as a maintenance, a bit like sprinkling or having your eighth of a teaspoon every morning in my 500 mils of water. Mm. It's to me their maintenance, and this is right back to the beginning of what we were talking about. There are some things we can control, and obviously a lot of things we can't. These are the controllable factors, mm-hmm. and and I, I don't think we can ever say that all of this is going to save everybody because everybody is so different, but I think the thing that I, I would hope our listeners would take away from this is that there are, this is the best that we can do, given the knowledge and the information we've got, to support our bodies to be as non-toxic as possible so that we can live on a cellular level in an incredibly healthy way. Yeah, Exactly. So going on from what you said with the magnesium, um, Epsom salt baths or magnesium baths are really, really important if you don't live near the ocean. If you live near the ocean... I would even go as far as magnesium bath salts as opposed to Epsom salts. So one of them is a... I'll have to look this up. One's a magnesium chloride and one's a magnesium sorbate. No, I've gone completely blank. Magnesium phosphate? Yes. One's a phosphate, one's chloride. Let's look that up and tell everybody next so, podcast. Yes, okay, because I we'll think that's that. the important, the chloride is the one to go for. So, yeah. But remember, if you have enough iodine, chlorine is not, it's not going to be a problem. Um, mm. But if you don't have enough, it's a problem. If you have enough iodine, bromide's not going to be a problem. We don't, you know, it's, it's, in, our, it's, in, our, it's in everywhere. You know, it's one of the mir- minerals of the periodic tables. If you've got confused with your bromides, chlorides, fluorides, so seleniums and all these things, just bloody well eat well um, and, and get your salt. So yeah. like, let's just bring it All right, let's make simple. it really basic. All right. So get the salt. Make sure this, you're eating that salt every single day and you're salting up and using this, um, using it in your foods, Drink, you know, having it as I do as I lick it off my hand, carrying it with you so you put it in everything so it's always there. We are making up a salt that has more seaweed in it nice. and that will be called Seaweed Salt Plus. It's not ready yet, but we will be making it up and I'll let everybody know about that. And, of course, we're bringing in the iodine. But for now, let's just get that salting. Magnesium, Every definitely. Day. If you live near the ocean, get in it. In at least 20 to 30 minutes every day, it will absorb. Even paddling around in the little waves, because there's a bit of a yep. shark infestation on the Queensland coast at the moment. So for those of you that are just concerned about those babies, just frolicking in the... <laughs> and Cindy's just gone white, because Cindy's swimming in the ocean every, every day. day. Every day I, I spend 30 minutes in the ocean. I, you know, I swim. I swim the whole time. Um, but I'm noticing <laughs> she's just gone white. Yeah. I frolic. Yeah. See, it's not the sharks that bother me. We're going to yeah. do something on like this. It's actually the waves. It's the I don't and I don't know why because I've been in big waves before. But anyway, that's another story. Let's just do that later. Uh, I would also be eating um, for those non-vegans out there. Eat fish. And I know you're thinking, no, it's got mercury in it. But remember, when we get our gut right, those little buggers will get that mercury out there. And when we get our, when we get all, all these things right, the heavy metals will disappear. The body does work symbiotically, oh, doesn't it's, it? it? Look, it's brilliant. And that's what Natasha was saying last night. She said, 
It does things for a reason, not to put a drug in it and to stop it. It's doing it for a reason. Start listening to your body. Well, that's my point as far as the skincare or the chemicals in our body. Everything is tested or not. Actually, they're not. A thousand new chemicals a year come out onto the marketplace. There's about 84,000 chemicals in our skincare products alone as it is. And most of them are not tested, by the way. Or if they're tested, they're tested on their own. Mm. So we don't know the combination effect and the accumulation effect. Mm. So don't believe if people say to you, oh, it's only in small amounts and it's safe. Yeah. You know, be very conscious of what's in all this stuff. And we haven't even gone into the mind stuff. And, and we still didn't finish the thyroid, so maybe we might continue this next week. I think so. I think we should. I think we'll continue it next week. So um, we won't say we're going to be finished. Then we'll give them the parameters and everything. So let's. I think that's a good. Idea. I think yeah. you need to say goodbye, Karen. Okay, I shall sign us off. So for those of you guys who've listened to the podcast and enjoyed it, you know what to do. Go to iTunes and give us a five star rating. <laughs> <laughs> also, give us your we feedback. Have six. Oh, look, if they could do a 12, that would be really good. Okay, go for 12. Yeah, go for 12. Just keep sending us those beautiful emails. We like them. Yeah, we do. We love them. And it gives us lots of inspiration to start talking about different subjects and things that are of interest to you. So make sure that you guys post those comments on our Facebook page as well. So go to the Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and write your feedback and your ideas of what you'd like to hear us talk about. And also you can get us at allthews.thewellnesscouch forward slash up for a chat no no let's start that again all the w- i always get that wrong all the w's dot the wellness couch dot com forward slash up for a chat there you go you can post your comments there so join us here next week and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world we'll see you on the ride this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.